Hi, y'all. This is Carrie D. from Coffee with Carrie. Welcome to Season 2 of Coffee with Carrie podcast. It's such a privilege to do this adventure we call homeschooling with you. Thank you for tuning in again and walking this homeschooling journey with us. If you're new to us, you can find us on Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. I think you'll be encouraged. Hi, y'all, and welcome to our Coffee with Carrie Summertime Series. Side note, I've noticed that I've gotten very long-winded in Season 2 of Coffee with Carrie. I try to keep my episodes to 15 minutes tops because, let's be honest, who really has time to listen to someone talk for more than 15 minutes? And truth to be told, I know I start losing interest and attention after 20 minutes. So I apologize up front for having to split this episode into two and making you wait till next week to hear the other half. But I have so much to say about homeschooling on a budget that I didn't want to leave anything out. You know, I could probably do a whole series just on this topic, but I'll save that for later in case I get tons of questions and comments from you after this week and next week's podcast. So here goes. Now, if you've been listening to our special Coffee with Carrie summertime podcast series, you know I spent the past few weeks trying to dispel all of the I can't homeschool because excuses that I've heard over the years. But there are some lies and some myths that just need a little more attention and a little more convincing. So in this week's Coffee with Carrie summertime series, I want to focus on the biggest lie and the biggest reason I hear for not homeschooling or for not continuing to homeschool or for joining a charter school, you know, if you don't want to, but you feel like you have to. And that reason is I can't homeschool because I can't afford to, or I can't homeschool because I'm a single mom, or I can't homeschool because it's too expensive. Now, I started this conversation in last week's podcast, but I only gave a few general ideas on how you can homeschool and on a very tight budget. This week, I want to talk about in more detail the things I shared last week and then give you even more ideas and suggestions on how to homeschool for free. Well, or at least almost for free. So let's be clear from the get-go. Homeschooling can get quite expensive. But it really depends on the curriculum choices you make and the homeschooling methods you choose. But you can homeschool for next to nothing if you make crafty and creative choices and you're willing to make a few sacrifices along the way. Not big ones and not important ones, just a few sacrifices here and there. There are three sure ways to fall into the homeschooling debt trap. The first way homeschooling can get very expensive is when you choose to use commercially made all-in-one box curriculum. Now, don't get me wrong. These curriculums are awesome. And if you have the money or the resources, or you can figure out a way to make them fit into your budget, then go for it. You're actually paying for high-quality material and the convenience of having everything laid out for you all in one place. However, If you don't have the extra funds to spend, then don't purchase an all-in-one box curriculum, or at least brand new ones. Now, another way homeschooling can get very expensive is if you try to do school at home. Now, what I mean by this is that 
you're trying to replicate traditional grade-specific segmented 50-minute type learning that you experienced while growing up or what your kids have experienced. And you're trying to do that in your homeschooling. Well, don't try to do school at home. Why try to imitate a style of learning that you're actually trying to get away from? Now, when you purchase separate curriculum for each child at a specific grade levels, you're wasting a lot of money and a lot of time. There's no need to have state standard or Christian publisher textbooks for each child in each subject for every grade level. This will definitely eat up your homeschool budget for sure. The only grade level specific workbook that you might need to purchase is for math, but we'll talk about that later in the episode. Now, the next way that homeschooling can get very expensive is when moms try to keep up with the Joneses or with the homeschooling family down the street. Go ahead, take your friend's advice, pray about it, listen to your friend's recommendations, look into the resources that she loves, but don't feel like you have to use every curriculum or every method your almost perfect homeschooling friend uses. And don't get sucked into the latest homeschooling trends. Always do what's best for your family. And if you find something that works, just keep using it, even if no one else is. And finally, the last way homeschooling can get expensive is when you decide to take a lot of classes outside the home. Now, if you have two or more kids and each child is taking two or three classes outside the home, that can add up very quickly. If most of your child's learning is taking place outside of the home, it may feel like you're making a private school tuition payment. And while it's painful to write some of these checks, taking classes in the homeschooling community is actually still way cheaper than an annual tuition cost for most private schools. But if you're on a tight budget, save the outside classes for things you might not be able to do at home, like music lessons or voice lessons or art lessons, or science classes, or robotics classes, or math tutors, or reading specialists. These classes can get very expensive, so use your money on these types of outside classes sparingly, or do many of the things I suggest in this podcast so you have some mad money left over for these kinds of classes and services you may feel like you need. There is a way to homeschool on a budget and still use some of the curriculum you love and to take some of the classes you want to take. You just have to be more selective and creative in your choices and in your paying methods. Now, the most important advice I can give you is to trust, rely, and lean on the Lord to provide whatever you need. He will open doors, and trust me, He will shut doors for you. The financial assistance may come last minute, but if it's in God's will for your child to participate in a particular class or for your family to use a particular curriculum, God will provide the means for it. Or sometimes he brings something even better along. You just have to trust God. Don't put your trust in the government. Don't put your trust in public school funding. I have story after story of how God miraculously provided during our homeschooling journey. It's possible. It's doable. Pray that the Lord never has the opportunity to say to you the words in Matthew 8, 26. You of little faith, why are you so afraid? 
Instead, continuously pray Luke 17, 5. Increase our faith, Lord. And the heart of a homeschooling mom should always be John 3.30. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. Okay, so once you really begin to rely, lean, and trust on God to provide, and your perspective has shifted a bit, let's get down to some nitty-gritty how-to stuff. Now first, if your child is in pre-K to fifth grade age, you really don't need to do more than two hours of school a day. That's right. During the wonder years, that's K through fourth grade, the less time you spend on formal schooling, the better. If you have a kindergartner or a first grader, your quote-unquote school time should be an hour. That's about it. The rest of your time is learning through play. You know, Mr. Rogers once said, play is the work of childhood. And this is how kids learn best. And this was the OG of kindergarten. Kids engaged in building, imaginative play, read-alouds, counting for fun, playing outside, learning different games, coloring and working with their hands, and exploring nature and God's world. This is still the best way to do kindergarten in first grade. No formal lesson plans are really needed. No formal curriculum is actually needed. I know it sounds crazy in this competitive world of traditional schools, but it's true. This means don't worry about spending tons of money on workbooks you probably won't need or probably won't ever get to. Now, during the wonder years, that's K through fourth grade, any formal lessons you do will probably be reading lessons. And I strongly caution you on this one, too. Schools nowadays are pushing kids to learn to read by kindergarten. Yet research shows most kids aren't physically and mentally ready for such strenuous eye tracking. Their eyes are still developing, and their brains aren't wired to learn this way at this age. If your child is asking to learn to read or is showing signs of reading on their own, then go for it. But don't let anyone tell you you have to do formal reading and spelling lessons in kindergarten through third grade. Now, The best reading, writing, spelling, and vocabulary program is free. You know what it is? It's to read, read, and read some more. Read aloud to your kiddos. This is the best reading program ever. This is the best way to foster a love of learning and a love of reading. And as kids hear great literature, they're learning about complex sentence structure, they're hearing and seeing correct punctuation and grammar being used, They're developing fabulous vocabulary, and they're engaging in powerful conversations about characterization, themes, and plot development. The number one best reading program out there is your library card. Yes, that's right. All you really need for reading instruction during the wonder years, and actually even for your high school literature courses, is your library card. So dust off that library card that you haven't been using during the pandemic and start using it again. The library is your best friend. Fill your home with baskets and shelves of books of all topics. Strew them everywhere. Pique your kids' curiosity. Use picture books to teach complex science and math concepts. Use picture books to explore the world and to learn about people who have changed the world for the better. Use picture books to learn about art and music. And use library books to learn how to do, well, just about anything. Use illustrated encyclopedias and picture books to learn about God's creation and the amazing animals in it. 
Pick a topic, any topic, and fill your library bag or bags with books about it. Then spend most of your time reading these books to your kiddos and strewing them about your home for them to find, discover, and read on their own. And this is true for high school too. You know, my kids never took a formal history or English course in high school. Well, until their senior year when they actually took English 101 and 102 at the local community college for college credit. Instead, they read their way through history in high school by reading great historical fictions, classics, and biographies. And most of those books I got from the library. They also read great literature for their high school English. They discussed the books with me, and then they wrote different kinds of response essays about the books they were reading independently or about the books we were reading together. With so many wonderful free college resources online, high school students really don't need a formal writing class either. You or your student can use website resources like Purdue's OWL Writing Lab, SparkNotes, PaperRater.com, EasyBib.com, and Easy Peasy All-in-One English Online Curriculum. They can use these resources to help them learn how to organize, write, and evaluate three to five paragraph narrative, expository, and argumentative essays. And don't worry, if you're type A like me, you can even find free objective book tests online for your students to take after you finish reading a book. You know, just in case you feel like you need a formal test or something. And instead of buying books off of Amazon or buying prepackaged curriculum, Borrow the books you want to use from your local library. If you are using your library card to fill your house with all kinds of picture books, chapter books, classics, encyclopedias, nature guides, and how-to books, you really don't need a formal science, history, literature, or art program either. You have all you need at your local library. So what should you focus on during the wonder years? Well, the four R's. That's right, four. Reading writing, arithmetic, and relationships. You're going to read, read, read. You're going to write something every day. And make sure you listen to my Coffee with Carrie podcast, Writing Lessons, You Can Do It, and Creative Writing Toolbox for specific ideas on how to do this, especially during the wonder and middle school years. Then you're going to concentrate on the basics of arithmetic and computation. And then you're going to build sibling and parental relationships through games, play dates, fun, exploring, and discussions. What might a free or almost free school day look like for the Wonder Years? Well, it'll probably begin with family devotions. And just read straight from the Bible or a children's Bible and talk about the lessons learned and how to apply the truths found in the passage. And memorize some Bible verses together, sing worship songs together. That's all free. Then read aloud together and read a variety of library books that I've already discussed, so you're covering all kinds of topics and subjects. Then do some real math. Cook, measure, go grocery shopping, play games, count, sort, classify, build. It's all math. And for the exception of the grocery shopping, it's all free. Then play outdoors and explore nature. It's science, and it's free. Do some fun arts and crafts. Stock up on all kinds of supplies at the dollar store. And then go on some field trips. Now this can get a little expensive, especially if you have a large family. 
But if you take advantage of group rates by going with your homeschool group, or if you go on free days or homeschool days, then you can visit all kinds of museums and nature parks and zoos and aquariums for free or for almost free. And if you do use workbooks, then use super cheap workbooks from Costco or Office Depot. I'll talk more about that in a minute. Now, second, utilize the one-room schoolhouse approach I've talked about in the past. This will help cut your expenses if you are teaching the same topics to everyone and doing the same projects, activities, and experiments in history, science, art, and music. You won't need separate grade-level workbooks or curriculum if everyone is learning about U.S. history or about astronomy or about Monet all at the same time. Okay, so let's talk about those textbooks and workbooks. The next way to homeschool for free, or at least on a tight budget, is to get out of the mindset you need an expensive textbook or a teacher guide. You don't need fancy math, grammar, or reading textbooks for grades K through 7th grade. Now, if you live near a Costco or a Sam's Club or an Office Depot, you can get awesome, comprehensive math workbooks for every grade level for super cheap. Usually the math workbooks you can find at Costco or Barnes & Noble and Office Depot are actually more colorful and more visually appealing anyway. Trust me, your kiddos won't miss anything if they use a math workbook from the dollar store or if they work out of a $20 BrainQuest math workbook instead of one of those $150 state-approved math textbook. I mean, come on, math is math, right? Two plus two is still four. So save your money in case you might want or need a math tutor to help you out of a tough spot later on. Now, the best way to teach math stress-free and for almost free is to not get bogged down by those state standards either. These standards are quite extensive, quite unrealistic, and dare I say, quite ridiculous. So in kindergarten, focus on numbers, counting, and shapes. In first and second grade, master your addition and subtraction. In third and fourth grade, concentrate on multiplication and division. In fifth and sixth grade, master fractions, decimals, and percents. And in 7th and 8th grade, focus on formulas and geometry stuff like area, volume, circumference. Solve some simple equations like 2x plus 5 equals 11. And maybe do some positive and negative number stuff too. If they enter high school with a firm grasp on how to solve problems, how to calculate with fractions and decimals, how to apply a formula, and how to do some basic computation and mental math, they will excel in algebra. So focus on that stuff during the wonder and middle school years. Now, save your money during the wonder years. Buy inexpensive math workbooks from Costco and super fun number and money games from the toy store. Then use your saved money in high school to get a formal high school math curriculum, maybe to enroll in a math class, or maybe to se secure some tutoring services for your high school student if ever it's needed. Now check out Coffee with Carrie website and my Instagram account during the summer. I will be hosting a live, interactive, make math fun workshop in August. I will be teaching all of my favorite math games. The best part is that most of these games I'll be sharing only use dice, playing cards, and paper and pencil. And while you're at the library getting some really cool picture books for science and history, 
Check out some really fun mathematical picture books too. My daughter, who loves to read, loved learning about complex math concepts this way. So check out my Coffee with Carrie podcast, Morning Time Math, Tame Those Math Tears and Fears. In it, I share how to use games and math picture books to teach all kinds of math concepts for free. Y'all, I ran out of time again, and I'm so sorry I talked for more than 20 minutes again. So join me next week as I continue this conversation and share more inexpensive and fun ways to teach reading, writing, science, and history on a shoestring, how to take outside classes on a budget, and how to even make a little needed income while being a full-time homeschooling mom. So join me next week for part two, I can't homeschool because it's too expensive. Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining me for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschool tips at our Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consultant. And don't forget to check out my new book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. Now, if you heard something you liked, then share our podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week or share it with a friend who's on a tight budget. If you haven't already, we would love for you to subscribe to Coffee with Carrie podcast and then take a few minutes to leave a little review. Thank you in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, book, and homeschooling mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and our new book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. And see you next time for part two.